We'll take our uh, Bibles and go to the book of Proverbs, please, the book of Proverbs. And uh, once again, I'll read the text uh, for our message today in Proverbs 1, verse 20 to 23. And uh, last week I started a, a message on what I called voices, voices, and uh, talking about the different voices that we hear in the world. Uh, there is God's voice, and He speaks to us certain ways, but the world is speaking to us in very loud ways, especially these days. And we got to learn to discern the voices that we hear, and we got to find out which voice we're going to listen to and surrender to that. Amen. And it is a battle uh, because it really has an impact on us through the different things that uh, the devil uses in this world. And so, Proverbs 1, verse number 20, it says, Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse and the openings of the gates in the city. She uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn ye at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit upon you, or unto you. I will make known my words unto you. What a great passage that is. That's powerful. Let's pray. Father, I just ask you, Lord, you would just give me what I need this morning uh, for this lesson. And Lord, it would have an impact in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we looked at a couple of points. With the first thing we, we really wanted to cover within this aspect of voices was the aspect of music. Music. Music is the most powerful uh, of the world's voices that you could possibly listen to in this world. And it's the one that we as Christians, I think, battle with in a very profound way. You know, it's very difficult sometimes when someone has given themselves to music to get them to actually change their mind about it. Now, I've got a little bit of an experience in regards to music. I was a, I was a rock musician, and I did that since I was, uh, well, I was probably about 12 or 13 years old when I got involved with that. Uh, before that, I had about five years of classical guitar lessons, and so I was a guitar player, and then I began to take on the world's uh, music. I should have stuck with the classical, amen? Uh, but of course, I didn't really understand at that time. I wasn't saved, but that had a profound impact on my life. Using, uh, having rock music in my life, it led me down a road that was not uh, acceptable to the Lord, but I just praise God that he reached down and he found me there and he opened up my eyes and he saved me and he saved me out of that life. And uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I never stayed in that life after I was saved. I was changed. Amen. And I had to go through some uh, turmoil in my own heart and how I was going to deal with the music that I've given so many years to. It was about 25, I was 25 years old by the time I came to the conclusion I have to leave this life, and I was about 12, 13 when I started. And so uh, you're talking over a decade of giving yourself to this, and I had friends that uh, were on that journey with me, and uh, that were even a part of the group that I was in. Uh, I had one friend that gave himself to such a degree to the world's music that Satan entered into him. And, uh, and many times we had conversations and he would say things uh, and you could tell it was demonically influenced, but it was through rock music. It was through heavy metal. And, 
And that's how that gained hold. And I remember trying to witness to him later after I got saved and after, you know, I got burdened for his soul. And uh, I had a call one day and the voice that I heard was not his voice. And I had to battle that spiritual battle over the telephone. And I did. And I prayed and I quoted scripture and his voice returned to normal while I was actually on the phone with him. But he would, I mean, he gave himself to that. To this day, uh, he ended up... uh, being in a situation where mentally he couldn't process life anymore and now he's on just heavy medication just so he can uh, function uh, in a daily life. But uh, that wasn't always so. That wasn't so before rock music. Uh, before he got involved in heavy metal music, uh, he, was, he was okay. We were good friends. We grew up together. And uh, just, I just tell you that to show you that there are some voices you do not listen to in this world, and you give yourself, and you start allowing those voices into your heart, it will impact you in a very spiritual way. Uh, It's not harmless. It's harmful. I've seen it, and nobody can convince me otherwise. I don't care what you say to me. (laughs) I've been there, done that, you know, and that's why I, when I get to lessons like this, uh, I want to make sure that you catch what I'm saying here, and I'll probably uh, preach stronger on this topic then you'll probably find most preachers uh, within you know, a hundred mile radius of here uh, because I know the damage that's been done. I don't play with it, amen? And so we gotta be careful about this. Last week we looked at how that all music is spiritually significant in your heart. That means it has a significance. It will make an impact one way or another, whatever style of music you're listening to. It's not, uh, like our second point was all music has moral or immoral implications. And so music is not amoral. Uh, one thing that the CCM crowd will want you to, to believe is, is that music on its own has no morality. It does not communicate either in immorality or a morality. It's, they, they will relegate it simply to the lyrics. The lyrics is what teaches you. And so it doesn't matter what medium you bring the lyrics to the person as long as the lyrics are good. Well, the thing is this, (laughs) this is on top of this, uh, with CCM music, most of the lyrics are not scriptural. It's a very undoctrinal approach to the Christian life. And if you would be smart and wise, as you would dissect their music, you'd realize that much of it is not scriptural. Because if Satan's involved in the undergirding of that within the, the music, he will also penetrate and use the lyrics as well. And so don't think that God and the devil have a deal here. I'll give you the lyrics, and the devil says, I'll give you the music. (laughs) Amen. Uh, God does not have that kind of a deal with the devil. Amen. Uh, There's a specific thing that God wants us to do, and the devil wants nothing to do with it. And there's a certain thing that the devil wants from you, and God has nothing to do with it. There is no crossing over. And that's what is dangerous in this world today is they're trying to get you to believe that you can connect the two and somehow meld them or transition them together and you can't. It's just impossible. There is a clear line of distinction and that's what we need to find. That's what we personally need to judge as parents. We need to raise our children in that judgment. The Bible says that the spiritual man judges all things and music is a thing, (laughs) amen. And so we wanna make sure we judge those things that they're acceptable unto the Lord. Amen. So we bring the light of God's word to it. So music is moral. And there's no uh, surprise that when uh, 
when uh, rock music is begin to be used within the house of God, that the morality of the church starts to decline. They start to dress in more worldly fashions. They start to act in more worldly ways. And folks, it does not have a positive impact on the congregation. Uh, you will never hear a preacher that is for CCM teach you a lesson on modesty of dress. You, I challenge you that. Why is that? Because the music itself will teach you immodesty. Amen? And, and the, you know that when you look up there on the platform. And you look at Hillsong and you look at some of these groups. I mean, folks, if you would just turn off the sound and listen to them, you could put Ozzy Osbourne music and they would fit the bill with the show. Do you understand that? Uh, folks, that's not praising God. That's not acceptable unto the Lord. Amen? Uh, the house of God is different. <laughs> we, are, we are to glorify him with our music in a way that is above this earth, not according to this earth. Amen? And so, anyways, you say, well, you've got a position. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's not going to change, all right? And also, not only that, but your Bible position will also decline. That's why very few, if not any, I don't know of any uh, churches that in start including rock music that actually will say we have the perfectly preserved Word of God. They won't say that. <laughs> and I challenge you to give me an example of the hundreds and thousands of churches that have gone that direction. Because immediately, when you bring rock music into your church, the morality will decline. It will decline. And we don't want that here. We're going to keep it up. We're going to keep our moral example as Christ. And we don't have a rock and roll Jesus, amen? We've got a very holy and reverent and godly uh, Christ in our life, and we want to honor him by following his example and becoming more like him as the days go by. And so I talked about last week how that some argue that since God made music, that somehow all music is good. And I gave the example how that the, the musical note in itself has no morality. That means a B note is a B note. You can't say it's good or bad. Amen. It's, it's a creation. It's a building block. But you put that note into the hands of a fallen man. Fallen man will construct these notes together in a way that will communicate a message. Amen. The same way that colors are not moral or immoral, blue or red or white or whatever. Uh, they're all good. But you put that, those colors in the hand of a fallen man on a paintbrush and they will communicate a message, either it's moral or immoral. Amen? And you can do that with everything. And so we know that the Bible says that man in his reprobate state is an inventor of evil things that comes from our hearts. And so whenever you put something good in our hands, if we don't have a set of principles to live by, we're going to start... Uh, going the wrong way with that building block. Amen? And so we've got to be very careful. I'm just trying to explain to you, give you some examples to get our minds on this. And so uh, God, in the beginning, first six days, he said, it is very good. Everything I've made is of excellent character and excellent constitution. But then, of course, the devil came into the picture who had fallen, who was a musical being in his own being, and he corrupted man and now everything man touches also is corrupted. It's interesting how man was made in the image of God. And the Bible says in the image of God made he them. Male and female created he them. 
But then it also goes on to say after Adam and Eve fell and they had a son, and their son was uh, Seth. It says that Seth was created, it was made in the image of Adam. <laughs> Amen. And so what, what our children do is they take on the image of the father. Amen. Uh, I, I know the, the, the pattern is still according to God, but we're no longer necessarily in the direct image of God, even though there's aspects about it that are. We are three. We got spirit, soul, and body, just like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's aspects about us in our, our makeup that is very much after the image of God, but that's why God didn't want you to worship graven images. That's why he didn't want you to worship creation. Because he said, the only image I want you to focus on is the image that I'm trying to return you to. And that's the image of my son. Amen. And when you look at Christ and you, you uh, focus on his life, the Bible says you are conformed into his image. And so you'll only become uh, what you worship. Amen. That's what you will be like. You worship money. It's interesting what you'll become. <laughs> Amen. You worship something on this earth. That's all you could ever be. You'll never raise yourself above that level. But you worship Christ. Boy, there's no ceiling on your life. You can become like Christ. And you can please God with your life. But you worship work. You worship your career. You worship money. You worship people. You worship creation. I always say you worship a statue of a pig. And you want to worship a pig. All you'll ever be is a pig. Amen? You worship this world, all you're ever going to do is become like this world. But you worship Christ, and you'll become like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's what we want to portray in this world. <laughs> we want to lift up Christ so all of us can become like Him. I don't want you to look at me and, and I'm the image that you follow. No, sir. I'm following an image here too. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? <laughs> the brightness of His glory. And that's what we all, as, as God's children, need to focus on and, and give our hearts to and follow with all of our hearts so all of us together will become like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And then truly, the church, which is the body of Christ, will take on the characteristics of the head of the church. Amen? And that's what we want. That's what we're going for here in this congregation. All right? And so... Uh, let's go on here. Uh, the secular world, they understand the power of music. They really do. Uh, you talk to secular artists, you talk to record, record producers, uh, people that invest a lot of money into music, they all know the power of music. Very few of them will just do a recording session and make a CD and then sell it people. What they will do is they'll put on shows. And those shows will cause people to gravitate towards them and begin, cause them to worship these musicians. Amen? And they know the power of that. And that's why they put on these shows. That's why they go across the world, these global uh, advertising. It's all about money to them. Uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. Amen? <laughs> and by the way, with CCM, it's no different. The reason why it's CCM today is because the record producers, secular ones, got a hold of the market. Amen? And that's why many of these CCM musicians are dealing with secular record producers. And most of the CCM artists 
have heroes that are secular. You ask them, what are your influences? They'll say, oh, the Beatles. <laughs> well, John Lennon said that we're more popular than the Lord Jesus Christ before he was killed, assassinated. You understand that? That was one of the, that's their hero. They're still saying it. I hear it all the time. People that say they're Christian artists, you ask them, here's your opportunity to influence the young people. And you know what they say? The Beatles. And I've heard that over and over and over again. The Beatles, the Beatles. <laughs> now, if the Beatles are influencing you, it surely isn't into a godly life. <laughs> Amen. That's what I'm wondering. If they're your hero and they're influencing you, then how in the world can you glorify Christ? Amen. <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying here today? All right. <laughs> so they know the power of it. I could give you a bunch of quotes, you know, about the things that some of these guys say. In fact, some of them, re re they relate it to a religious experience, even though it's secular music. Some of these guys have said, this is my church. Because that's what it is. They worship. They worship within that context, you know. And you don't want to be a part of that. You don't let your kids go to these concerts. You don't bring them there because you want to be uh, acceptable or you want to be the friend of your kid. You, I mean, you stand you say, no, sir, I'm not letting you go into this stuff. <laughs> you know, it, it's wicked. And so they understand that music affects behavior. Um, they understand that at its core, it's a spiritual form of communication. They know it's a language of the heart. They, they know that when it's heard, it translates into thoughts, desires, emotions, and choices. Your, your music has an impact that way. Music does not stay within a musical form in your heart. It, it translates and it changes into thoughts and desires. And those desires lead to choices that you begin to make. And many people are making choices based upon the music that they listen to. It's influenced them so strongly. And it's terrible. And so uh, Hollywood producers... They know exactly what music, what chords, what rhythms to use when you, they want you to feel scared. They want, they want a, a creepy uh, atmosphere. They want a happy atmosphere. They want a sad atmosphere. They want a triumphant atmosphere. They know exactly what kind of music to use. You got men that are, that are paid millions and millions of dollars to come up with musical scores that will enhance the, mu the, the movie that they're putting it on. And, and that music is a big part of it. In fact, there's awards and money and all kinds of stuff that's given to these guys, though it's just simply a, a amoral medium that's in the background. <laughs> Amen. No, it's moral. They know it is. They want you to feel scared. They know what kind of music. I'll tell you what, if I don't encourage you ever to watch a horror movie, please don't. If you got them, chuck them out. But you know, in horror movies, what they'll do is they'll use that music to greatly impact the way you feel. That in itself tells you that music itself is not immoral. When they want to portray an immoral uh, scene, they know exactly what kind of music to use. Because it's not amoral, it has morality. <laughs> Amen? And so we need to understand that the world knows it, but Christians, you know why we're doing this? Because we love their music. And we're trying to justify it in the eyes of God. 
And we're the ones that are making these excuses, not the world. They know what it is. They know what it does. They're not trying to make up stories about it. They say, this is what it is. We're the ones that are saying, it doesn't impact me. It doesn't. Yes, it does. That's why you need preachers standing up and telling you this. (laughs) Amen. I'm glad no tomatoes are being thrown yet. They can plant the movie, the movie producers, the, the musical producers in the movie. They can literally plant emotional responses dictating to your heart how you should feel at that very time in that movie. And it's planned. It isn't just like, oh, that's interesting how I feel. No, they knew you would feel that way. And they planned it that you would feel that way because that's what they're wanting. Amen. That's why many times, well, we won't even go there. Um, so if music creates an emotional response, it must be either evil or good. Amen. It cannot be amoral. It cannot just produce blank. I listen to a triumphant melody. I'm just going to sit there. <laughs> I'm going to feel like charging hell with a squirt gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to make you feel like you could take on the world. When you hear that kind of music, you understand. So the spirits of the world, they will run from godly music. And I have got proof in the scripture in relation to that. The devil hates godly music. That's why I tell people, if you've got spiritual problems and you've got spiritual problems in your home and there's an unrest or a lack of peace... You need to play godly music in your house. If your children are out of control and you have a hard time getting on top, play godly music. It has an impact on your kids. But if you're playing heavy metal music, well, no wonder your kids are crazy. (laughs) Amen. They will be crazy and they'll get crazier. So don't play that. It impacts them. Amen. And so 1 Samuel chapter 16, take your Bibles and turn there. It's a great passage that gives us a lot of proof in relation to the power of good and godly music. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, and verse number 14, it says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Now what does that mean, that an evil spirit from the Lord? Well, the Lord does not... Uh, he doesn't have evil spirits, amen? But what happens is this, because the Lord withdrew his blessing off of Saul, the replacement for that is the devil puts one of his spirits in there. So when you've got a good spirit towards the Lord and your spirit is good, the devil can't influence you. But when you allow the circumstances of life to impact you and steal away your joy and you begin to think in a wrong way, you've now just given Satan permission to allow his spirit to begin to tempt you and to turn your spirit sour. Because you know when a person's spirit is sour or when it's sweet. Amen? (laughs) There's some people I see, man, that guy's got a sweet spirit. You got some other people, man, that guy's got a sour spirit. Amen? And that's because it's either a fullness of God or an absence of God. You understand that? Your spirit and what people see on your face, your countenance, and how you come across to people is the evidence of whether you're actually walking with God or not. So when you're walking around all grumpy, 
All I know is, this is what you're telling me. I didn't walk with God today. I haven't been reading my Bible, and I don't trust them. Amen. That's what you're telling people. But if you were this morning to wake up and say, hey, I want to read my Bible this morning. I want to talk to God today. And you did that, your spirit is going to be energized. Because the life of God is what energizes your spirit. Amen. And if you don't want his life uh, penetrating your life, all that's going to happen is you're going to have an evil spirit come upon your heart. And then people are going to see that on you. Amen. So you may have a different agenda and what you're trying to do by showing your sourpuss. Amen. Maybe you're trying to manipulate to get your way, whatever it is. But all you're doing is this. You're communicating a message that I don't trust God, nor am I walking with him. Amen? Because if you would, it doesn't mean you're always happy. It's not like you're, you know what I mean? Because sometimes, like Jesus going to the cross, that hurt. And you will go through pain. But even in pain, you'll still have a right spirit. You understand that? So you can hurt and still have a right spirit. But this is what happens. Sometimes we hurt and say, whoa, what is the matter going to church anyways? Well, now you know the evil spirit has taken hold of you because you turned your heart away from the Lord. See, you will go through hard things. That's just a given. <laughs> You're going to have people turn on you. They're going to betray you. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to whatever. I mean, you name it. It's, it's open game on believers today. Amen? But it's how you respond to it. And it does hurt. Things do hurt. And they do, you do get sad. But at the same time, even your sadness, you're saying, you know, oh Lord, I'm so glad you're with me today. And that's where you go to the Psalms. You begin to read the Psalms and let it energize you again and build you back up. How many times did the psalmist, you know, why art thou disquieted in me, O my soul? You know, he's talking to his soul. He's saying, soul, what's wrong with you? <laughs> why are you disquieted? Why aren't you peaceful? Why aren't you happy? And then at the end of that Psalm, he says, Hope thou in God. Amen? Amen? That's the right answer. That's a good spirit. Even in a depressed state. But if your depressed state is making you turn on the preacher, the church, the things of God, your Bible reading, there's something wrong. Yeah. You understand that? You can't equate going through trouble with somehow I got the right to turn away from the Lord. That is the time you need God more than ever. Amen? But that is the time of testing. That's the time, like I've said before, it's like you'd only know the flavor of the tea when you put it in the hot water. You're revealing to yourself who you really are. And you need to turn back to God. Amen? Anyways, all of that from Saul here. <laughs> Let's go back. All right. And so an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. So the Lord gives permission. If they don't want me on, my, on your life, they're giving you permission to be on, the, on his life. You understand that? But I'll tell you what happened. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. So the servants saw on the king that he had an evil spirit troubling him. How do they see that? His countenance, his attitude, his face. Amen. The things he was saying, always in the negative, bitter, angry, right? So the servants saw that. They didn't like it. They wanted it gone. So this is what they said. Let our Lord 
Now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. Now the servants knew this. They knew the power of music. And so they were, they were banking on it. They went before their king and says, we understand the power of music and this is truth here. And this is what we think is going to help you. And then in the next verse, in verse 23, it says, and it came to pass when the evil spirit from God, of course, in between there, uh, Saul went and found David, and David became that cunning player. It says that it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Now, this is interesting because David didn't sing a lyric, he didn't say one word. He picked up a musical instrument and he played that instrument. And the music itself communicated something that the evil spirit did not like. And says, I'm out of here. <laughs> Folks, that's why I tell people, when you are transitioning or your family is transitioning from a worldly lifestyle, worldly music, uh, you have fed your soul worldly music for so long that it has greatly impacted your, your soul and the way you think. Many times when people turn away from the world and they turn away from the wrong music and they start listening to the good music, they'll go through a time of, oh, I don't like this. Because it's opposite. <laughs> the worldly music puts the spirit on the bottom, puts the body on top. So your body has to be touched first and your spirit really isn't even affected because many times your spirit gets poisoned by that music. And so the devil, instead of having, and I'll, I'll give you an example here, you are, you are made of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Music is three parts, melody, harmony, rhythm. And those three parts connect to those three parts. The Bible says we're supposed to sing with melody in our hearts, spiritual songs. Amen. So your spiritual music, your, your melody always carries the, the spiritual message. Amen. That's why it's on the top. There's another three that I put in this. And that is the spirit is the master. The soul is the steward or the manager and the body is the slave. It's the servant. It doesn't tell you what to do, amen? It, it's, it's there underneath taking care of the, the dirty work, amen? Go wash the, the feet of that, that man that just came in. You know, he's got stinky feet. That's what the, the body does. It's not there to lead. It's there to be the slave, amen? And the word for rhythm in the Greek is rail, which actually means pulse. So when you have rhythm in music, it's actually the pulse of the music, now, every one of you have a pulse, if you're looking at me right now. And that means that in each one of you, there's a rhythm that's happening that is carrying your life. Amen? And if that rhythm would stop, what would happen to you? You would just fall over. <laughs> There'd be no life in it. So rhythm has to be there. But rhythm, how many of you feel your pulse right now? Maybe if I think real hard, I can find it. 
And that's the way it ought to be with music. You understand that? Rhythm is never designed to be driving the music. It's supposed to be underneath the skin. It's supposed to be carrying the life, but it's not something you feel or, you, or is prominent. Now look at your favorite CCM song. Spirit, soul, body. Spirit is your melody. Harmony is your, uh, is your soul. Because your soul is that part of you that thinks. A harmony cannot be brought into music without you understanding certain mathematical things and how things connect as far as music is concerned. That's why not everybody can sing harmony. Amen. I mean, I try sometimes, but it's hit and miss, you know, because it has a lot to do with the way I think and the way I've trained my mind. You understand? It's not just automatic. And so, but the spirit, the thing that carries the message, you can have a two-year-old that'll just start singing melody. It's like inbred in them. It's just so natural. All of a sudden, you know, and it's a melody. (laughs) But then you play a rhythm to a two-year-old. A heavy rock beat. What will that child begin to do? Dance, though you've never taught them. Why is that? Because the rhythm will communicate to their body and bypass their mind. They're not making a decision. Oh, I'm going to move my legs like this and my body like this now. It's automatic. That's the power of rhythm and your body. You understand that? Now, this is what the devil's doing. Now, we know that he was a musical creature, and he was created with pipes and tabrets. Uh, And because of his fall, the Bible says that your wisdom is now corrupted in you. So now that which he used to do properly, he has now flipped it. Because he's corrupted. So what's going to be his uh, strategy in trying to corrupt mankind? Is he going to always promote spirit on top and rhythm on the bottom? Or is he going to promote rhythm on top and spirit on the bottom? You know when you're listening to music that has heavy rhythm, that is not from God. An orchestra has many instruments, and those instruments are are very properly placed. They have been doing it for centuries, perfecting classical music. And I'm not for every classical music because you can take a note, like I said, and in the right hands, it can be corrupted. So you can make a very dark classical song that I would say, don't listen to that. It's communicating the wrong thing. But on the whole, you listen to some of these classical uh, composers, they understand what music is. And the rhythm, they say, only makes up 2 to 3% of their orchestras. Why is that? Because the pulse is under the skin. And that's proper music. They spend centuries perfecting it. Amen. Oh, we got a good, good old CCM come on the scene. 1990s. Oh, you guys have been missing this all along. Oh, I guess we've never been taught this. I wonder why not. I wonder why not. 
It's because the mind and the heart of the church would never accept it until the 90s. And it began to infiltrate. Why is that? Why did they do that? Because, because the people themselves were turning away from the word of God. The preachers were no longer standing up and preaching, thus saith the Lord. They were holding back and they were saying, oh, let me try to keep my people. And the more they tried to keep them by compromising the scripture, the more they would lose. Because I tell you something, if I'm not going to, if I don't want to follow God, why would I be here on Sunday morning? There's a lot of fun stuff to do out there this morning. (laughs) Amen. If I'm carnal. But because I'm spiritual, there's no other place I'd rather be than right here. In fact, people that don't want to be in church anymore, I think they're not normal. (laughs) You're saying I'm not normal? Absolutely. (laughs) I think you need revival. Revival is just simply bringing you back to normal. It's not bringing you above what is normal. This is the problem. You've established your normal as carnal. That's not normal. (laughs) Carnal is absolutely abnormal, and the life that is normal is the spirit-filled, loving the Lord life, where you want to do everything for Him. That is the normal life. But there's people, they become normal, and then they want you to pat them on the back that they're normal. Or many times it's even before that. Well, at least I'm not doing all the abnormal things. Well, you never should have. So I'm not going to cause you or give you the excuse to glory in that you're not doing abnormal things. (laughs) Amen. You want a pat on the back? You give yourself to Christ and let him use you. And he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. He knows your heart. I don't, you know. So folks, it's so important that we understand this principle because it's not just about music. If I'm like this, this is my life, I put an emphasis on my body, my soul, and no spiritual influence. What kind of music will I listen to? My spiritual state will dictate my musical style. And if I am spirit, soul, and body, and I am putting the spirit on the top, the devil is going to try to turn. So he's going to bring influences in my life through Christian avenues for, oh, that's not so bad because even though as spiritual as you are, you still have a sin nature and you have the flesh and your flesh still likes this. Amen? And you have to fight it With all of your heart. But they dress it up in a Christian name. And so, hey, it's not so bad. And then your flesh gets to get fed a little bit. And so, you, oh, let's just take that. And as it turns, the music is like this. And then you begin to. And then you look 10 years down the road. Where did I go? What happened? It was a counterfeit. Satan is a counterfeiter. He doesn't come to you and just say, here, listen to this heavy metal music, Christian. He's going to come with a counterfeit. He's going to get you to turn your heart first. And then you will turn your heart to the secular world. You will. If you give your heart to it, you will. (laughs) 
You say, man, you're just an old fuddy-duddy. <laughs> yeah, I am. That's, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being a, 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 just an old-fashioned, Bible-believing Christian. That's just what I want to be. If I'm the only one, then that's a, so be it. That's just the way it's going to be. Whether you obey or not is not going to change my life for the worse. You know, people want that. They, they turn bad, and then they want to attack you, so you turn bad, saying, sorry, next week I'm just going to church. <laughs> and I'll go to church on Sunday night and Wednesday night, and if you're not here, I'll just think you're abnormal. Oh, preacher, you're judging. Well, no, it's just, my goodness, man, what's a normal Christian? You, you tell me, what would someone that is on fire for God, that loves him with all their heart, and has given their life to him, where would they be? It's normal. Don't look at me like I'm abnormal. Oh, that preacher, you're trying to make me in my normal state try to feel abnormal, and that is wrong. Amen? But if, I'm, if you're abnormal and I'm trying to make you look abnormal, <laughs> that's right. Because all I could do is lead you back to normal. And that's why I'm preaching. Amen? Let's be normal. <laughs> let's be revived. Let's have God fill our hearts and souls. And let's, let's just turn back to Him with our families. And let's just go and reach people for Christ. My goodness, man. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for somebody. Man, what a blessing. We went out Thursday night, me and Caleb, and knocked some doors. And uh, this one family, <laughs> we would have never known if we didn't go. Never. He just says, yeah, you know, I know, I've been looking, and I'm just, I just don't know which way to go. I don't know what to know anymore. And <laughs> I was able to give him the gospel and share with him. And uh, he told his wife, well, maybe we can go check out that church. <laughs> Hope they come. Amen. I was just, we were just normal Thursday night. We weren't abnormal. We weren't super spiritual. We weren't like, oh, look at them. They think they're good. No, we are just, pre just trying to be normal. Amen. Let's get back to normal. Let's get back to normal. And I'll tell you, if your normal means that you don't have to be faithful to God, I don't want your normal. I want God's normal. Amen. Anyways, the spirit heard the music played by the hands of David. And it left him. It departed. It turned away. It deserted. It quit. It stopped. It was taken away. That's the power of music. Amen. Amen. 